0: good morning grace city and happy new year we made it we made it through 2020. i was thinking back uh one of the last times i had the privilege of preaching it was last year at the beginning of 2020 and i kind of laugh at thinking about how what our sentiment was going into last year we thought it was going to be our best year yet we thought it was going to be i saw so many memes that it was your year and so many reasons for being excited things as mundane as the fact that Cinco de Mayo was on Taco Tuesday. Um, but I think it's safe to say that 2020 did not turn out the way that any of us thought it would be. Um, and so I want us to look at today, what it means for us as we know what happened in 2020, as we go into 2021. Um, so let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness, for getting us through another year. For the ways that you have allowed technology to bring us together despite our social distancing and despite the stay-at-home orders, Lord, I pray that you would just be in this time together, Lord, that we would walk into this new year with a fresh perspective, a fresh energy, and above all, a renewed faith and a new way of looking to you for our strength. Pray that you would be in this time and that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, I think one of the biggest differences when we look at 2021 versus 2020 is we were equally excited about the new year coming. But I think this year we were excited for 2021 because 2021 meant that 2020 was over. Um, And, you know, I was saying we think back to all of the ways that uh, 2020 didn't quite live up to the way that we thought about it. And I was I was thinking about this. I was remembering my first half marathon that I ran about 10 years ago. Um, So about 10 years ago, I was excited to run my first half marathon with a good friend of mine from college up in Pittsburgh. And we had trained for this for months. We had goals about, you know, what our pace was going to be per mile and what our finish time was going to be. And um, I was excited to check run a half marathon off my bucket list. Um, And so we start the the race excited and ready to go. It was oppressively humid that first mile, and that was hard. But we didn't know it was about to get harder, because at mile two, the skies opened. It just downpoured, and we were soaked. And it stayed pouring down rain the entire race. And if that wasn't hard enough, as our feet got heavier and more soaked, and we were just more and more uncomfortable, my friend had had food poisoning the night before, and by mile nine, she was struggling. And so the last four miles was me coaxing her, encouraging her uh, jogging backwards in front of her, just shouting encouragements, giving her shoulder rubs, whatever it took to get her across that finish line. So we're nearing the finish line and the spectators were like, it's just around the corner. You're almost there. You're almost there. We had, you know, seen all the mile markers. We knew we were just there. We turn the corner and the road is blocked and they won't let us pass. And we can't figure out where the finish line is. So we're weaving around and people are telling us there had been um, a bomb threat it actually was just a microwave that someone abandoned, but unbeknownst to time. so we weren't allowed to go the regular route, but we had to find the finish line still. So we're searching and running around for another, you know, 10, 15 minutes after running a full half marathon in the pouring rain with my dehydrated friend, um, we were trying to find the finish line. Eventually we that so we crossed the finish line backwards. Like as other people are finishing to have to turn around and then come back through, so that it would record our time. And to say that by the time we finished, it was not so much about the accomplishment, but just being glad that it was done would be an understatement. But we finished and we were excited to say that. And I think for a lot of us, finishing 2020 was like my half marathon experience. We were ready for it to be over and we were actually ready for it to be over much sooner than it actually was, much like as I searched for that finish line. But, you know, what's funny is that the same time that I was up there running that same race, actually, a couple of friends of mine from Baltimore and we weren't that close at the time were running the exact same race. And for them, yes, they had to deal with the pouring rain and that was hard, but they didn't have food poisoning and they didn't have um, they finished before the bomb threat was called it. So they didn't have to search for the finish line. So for the most part, their race was hard but it was much less difficult than what mine was. And I think that's kind of sums up our 2020. In some ways there was the great equalizer of the pandemic, the political unrest, all of the awakening of the social injustice. There was just like that pouring rain, this common ground of difficulty last year. But some of us had a really hard 2020 and some of us still, got to celebrate new births and marriages and new jobs and new homes and wonderful things despite all of the hardness of 2020. But I think regardless, it's safe to say that all of us are a bit tired and we're a bit hesitant of exactly what 2021 is going to hold for us. And so our tendency might be to want to just kind of dip our toe, walk slowly, don't make any sudden movements um, as we go into this year. But what I want to charge us to is I want us to run. Grace City, let's run in 2021. And so as we're going to look at what does it mean to run and how can we do that when I know you're tired and I know you're coming off of a really difficult year. And I want us to look at this passage from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, So before we dive into this these verses, I want us to take a step back and look at what kind of precedes this passage. And so you notice that these verses start with a therefore. And if you've ever heard Bob say, he'll often say when a passage starts with a therefore, you need to ask, what is the therefore? Therefore. So that's exactly what we're going to ask. We're going to look back at Hebrews 11 and I'm going to give us a really fast whirlwind tour of Hebrews 11. If you have time i encourage you to read um, that chapter afterwards actually hebrews 11 and 12 are two of my favorite chapters in the bible so spend some time there this week so hebrews 11 opens with now faith is confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see that is what the ancients were commended for so this idea of faith is how it opens and in some ways i think faith is one of the most misunderstood terms and it can so easily get characterized as perhaps wishful thinking um, or placed in probably the wrong things. People can have faith in their jobs, in financial security, in their love life, in their family, in their friendships, in a vaccine. And all of those things that I listed are good things, but that's not where our faith needs to be. The faith that the author of Hebrews here is commending is so much more because of who our faith is in. Our faith is in God. And in some ways, the desire out there right now for 2021, just to be a better year than 2020 is wishful thinking. It's faith in the turn of a calendar page. Maybe even faith in an election or an inauguration but the faith that we have is not based on any of that. It is based on God and the promises that he made and the ways that we have seen him complete those promises long before any of us were even born. And what's really remarkable in chapter 11, he goes through so many different old Testament heroes of faith from Abraham to Moses, to David, and Samson, and so many others. And their faith is commended. And what, if you look at what they do and why they're commended, you would never look at their lives and their stories and see, oh, there was just a lot of wishful thinking there. What you see as their faith is action. You see obedience. You see trusting. You see hope. And you see confidence in God of what is to come. None of these Old Testament characters got to see the fulfillment of the ultimate promise of God. The promise of his son. The promise of a savior. We just celebrated the birth of Jesus. And we celebrate because God came with us. And that. Is the ultimate promise and what he did and what we will celebrate in a few months at Easter in his death and his resurrection as he bore our sins that is the promise and look at the faith that the Old Testament characters had not having seen that fulfillment so how much more faith can we have having seen that fulfillment of the promise so I charged us that we are gonna run here in 2021 and i'm gonna we're gonna talk about what does that mean how do we run and to do that we're gonna do a little of acrostics of the word run with three points for us to kind of hopefully remember to guide us so the first one are remembering we run this race before us remembering verse 12 1 opens up with therefore since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses What does that mean really to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? The first few times that I, um, actually for probably years that I read this verse, I just imagined kind of that idea of a home field advantage. You know, when you're the home football team and you're playing in your stadium, the energy of the crowds and the cheers and everything that's going on, it propels you. There's a reason they call it the home field advantage. I think about um when I would run races and all of the spectators would be there cheering you on, telling you you're doing well, telling you how far it's, you know, you don't have to go much farther. That's what I think of it and it gives you energy. It gives you reason to keep going when you're exhausted. But sometimes you're in the middle of running that race and it's raining and you're cold and you look at the people sitting under their umbrella all nice and warm and toasty and drinking their hot chocolate. And you kind of start to resent them because they're not out there running the race with you or you're on a football field and people are being, you know, an armchair quarterback thinking they wouldn't have thrown that interception or how dare did they misread that um, play. And, you know, you can become resentful from the people who are just spectating. But notice the author of Hebrews; he doesn't say spectators. He says witnesses. And these are witnesses, not in that they're just watching us, but they are witnesses who can testify to the faithfulness of God, who have played the game that you're in, who have run the race that you're in. So instead of just being surrounded by people on the football field who are spectators, you are surrounded by people who have played in the Super Bowl before. When you are running that race, you are not just surrounded by idle spectators. You are surrounded by marathoners and people who have run many other races before you. They are the ones who can testify to the goodness of God, who can testify to God's faithfulness in the time that they were running that race or playing that game. These are the ones who have, who got to play and they didn't know that they had already won just in the old Testament in chapter 11. They are there to remind you of its faithfulness, to remind you to keep going. For any of you who've ever run a race, you know what that encouragement is when it comes from someone who understands the pain you're in as you're trying to dig in and get through after you've hit that wall running. And you know, we are not just surrounded by those Old Testament folks or the Bible characters, we are surrounded by each other, and we all have stories of the ways that God has been faithful to each of us. We are running together. And so I know that it's been hard in the past year. It's been isolating. And you probably have felt like you're running this race alone. Grace City, you are not alone. You are surrounded by a cloud of heroes of faith here in Baltimore, the heroes of faith of the past and the ones who are living just down the street from you. And you know what I encourage you to do right now, actually not right now, but in at the end of this is to give someone a call, not just a text, not just an email, but a phone call. You can text them to tell them before you're going to call them, because they know that causes anxiety. But give them a call and tell them how their story of faith encourages you. Tell them how they, watching their life, encourages you. Or call them and share about a story of God's faithfulness in your life, and maybe that would be an encouragement to them. And you know, maybe it's even hard for you right now, and you're looking at your life, and you're like, I don't see where God has been faithful to me and I've been there Grace City and I know it's hard and I, I want you to call someone and tell them that and I want you that and if you're the person on the receiving end of that phone call I want you to say and I want you to help point out to them all the ways that God has been faithful in their lives because sometimes we do need others to point that out Grace City. as we run we need to remember That we are not running alone. So this city, we're running and we're remembering. The next one is you. So we need to run unencumbered. And so we look at the second half of verse 1 here from Hebrews 12. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Throwing off everything that can hinder. What does that look like? So I was reminded, um, this was also about 10 years ago. I went on a camping trip down in George Washington forest with a group of probably 10, 15 people. It's a lot of fun. The one day we went out on a long hike, probably about six miles or so. Um, and so being the prepared one, I was one of the few people on the hiking trip that had a backpack that was big enough to carry a lot of stuff. So I wound up with a backpack full of most of the lunch supplies for the whole group. And so the backpack was heavy and, you know, but, and there was one friend who kept offering that he would take it. And I was like, no, strong woman, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm also a bit stubborn. So it's definitely not going to, um, give up uh, the backpack, but we're going on. And it, it was a hard hike and I was struggling. And, um, my friend kept asking me, you know, let me take the backpack. No, no, no. Finally, he essentially like takes it off my back, like I'm taking the backpack because he could tell it was it was getting heavy. And as soon as he takes it off, as I give it up and he takes the backpack, this is really heavy. I was like, I know that's why, <laughs> why I've been struggling. And, you know, as he opens it up, inside was enough apples and oranges for 10 or 15 people, which was probably a good 15 pounds of fruit. And he, being much smarter than I am, immediately takes the apples and and starts handing them out to everyone for them to eat as a snack or carry their own apple. And immediately that backpack was much lighter. He did still continue to carry it for the rest of the hike. Um, And it was funny. As soon as he took that backpack and I didn't have all of that extra weight, the hike became more enjoyable. It was a lot easier to walk up those hills. It was a lot easier to keep my balance on uneven ground. I had a little bit more fun. And I think when we're running this race that uh, the author talks about this race that we're called to run as Christians, we run carrying backpacks of fruit that we don't need to carry backpacks of weight that we don't need to carry that can slow us down and that we weren't called to carry. Maybe in your backpack, it's your past mistakes and the shame and the guilt that comes with that and that's slowing you down. Maybe in your backpack are insecurities and voices that say that you're not good enough or anxiety about whether or not you're going to be able to keep running. Whatever it is that is in your backpack, the lies, the guilt, the shame, all of the things, they are not true and they are not the messages from God that we need to carry with us. We are to give up our burdens and take up his yoke. You need to lay them aside. And, you know, we are also called to carry each other's burdens. Just as my friend was very persistent in trying to take that backpack from me. You may need to walk alongside someone and say, if you see who is struggling, who is carrying things that they don't need to carry. And say, it's time to to let them go. Let me help you. And it can be so much easier when you're in community. Sometimes it's not just what you carry, but it can be the sin that grabs and holds you back. If you've ever been on a, a hike, you know that there are sometimes you get caught up in these vines and that have little thorns and thistles that grab your leg and kind of got to pull it along. And that's what, what sin is. And you're trying, and it's holding you back as you try to push through. So my question is, what sin is holding you back that you need to repent from, that you need to ask forgiveness and you need to turn away from here in 2021 so that you can run the race that God has set out before you? And lastly, we need to remember to never lose focus to the end. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. When we run this race, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. You go back to the story of Peter. This is in Matthew 14. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But then he saw the wind and he was afraid and began to sink crying out lord save me when jesus kept, or when peter kept his eyes on jesus he was able to the impossible, to walk on water but the moment he started looking at the wind he began to sink i'm going to be honest grace city in 2020 my eyes weren't always on jesus My eyes were on the pandemic. My eyes were on election polls. My eyes were on the news, staring at story after story of racial injustice that was going on in our country. And when that happened, I started to sink a little. But the way that we need to is not to ignore all of those things, the pandemic, the political the racial injustice all those things we need our attention i'm not saying that we don't see them but where we focus is on jesus and with that we can do the impossible just like peter and whether walking on water is simply getting through a day of another day of working from home and trying to do online learning with your kids or maybe Another day is going to the hospital and treating patients who are sick and worrying about their health and your own, or maybe doing the impossible is simply surviving another day, living alone and being isolated from those that you love. Whatever it is that is your impossible, you need to keep your focus. Never lose your focus on Jesus. It says here that Jesus is our pioneer and our perfecter of faith. What does that mean? you look at the original Greek for each of these words the word pioneer actually means prince or captain um, the author it means he is the one in charge we celebrated Christmas at Jesus' birth he came the word became flesh fulfillment of God's promises he was the one who began what our ultimate thing, the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises are to us, and perfecter. This term is not found in any um, to describe. This term is not found to describe anyone else in the Bible. And at its base, it means to finish, and He is the means. He has finished our faith. So He is the author. He is the beginning, and He is the end, the Alpha and the Omega. There is nothing else. For us to have faith in. And we can look at Jesus' life. And not only is he the, the author and the finisher of faith. But he knows what it's like to live on the earth. We celebrated him coming down as a baby. He walked among us. He knows what it means to have to live here fully human. We look at his life. We look at how he endured rejection from the people who, from his hometown, we saw how he has rejection from people who a week before were shouting his praises. This is who we have to look to. And when we consider the opposition that he faced, when we consider the torture and the cost that he paid in enduring the cross, in order to carry our sins and pay that price, we look at that so that we do not grow weary and we do not grow lose heart. In a few moments, we're going to be headed to the communion table. And so I charge us for us to take a moment and really meditate on the gift and what it meant when he said, This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. Jesus coming down to be with us to give our ultimate sacrifice so that we could have everlasting life. So I'm praying that as you walk into 2021, a little bit weary, and maybe you lost a little heart, but that you can consider the example of Jesus that you would never lose focus and you would feel strengthened as you meditate on that, this communion. So here we are starting 2021, a new year. And I charge us, let's run together. Let us run remembering. Let us run remembering the stories and the example of God's faithfulness in our own life, in our community, in our church, in the stories of the uh, folks from the Bible. Let us run unencumbered. Let us throw aside all of the things that slow us down the guilt, the shame, the doubt, the sin. Let that all be aside so that we can continue running, never losing focus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, no matter what 2021 throws at us, that we can run the race that has been marked out before us. Grace City, I'm excited to run with you here in 2021.